Welcome back to the Big Blue Saloon. I'm Peter Storm. I'm joined by the D-man, Eric Diamond, who represents Big Blue, and Sancho Seth Kaplan representing Gang Green. I'm going to start this week with an apology to our listeners. We should have never gone with the Giants last week. We own it. I'll speak for myself. I knew better. I got fooled a bit by them playing competitively in their first two games. And quite frankly, the 49ers were so banged up, I just thought it was a golden opportunity for the Giants. Seth, I know you picking the Giants was just reverse psychology, and we definitely guilt-shamed the D-man. Seth, your, your thoughts? Uh, I keep telling you this. There was no reverse psychology involved. I actually was fooled by some of their early season success like you. I thought that was their week, but uh, you will not, I hate to give away the ending, but you will not be seeing that same prediction from me again. D-man? You know, as, look, as, as much as I uh, switched my pick, I never thought the game would be a train wreck like it was. You know, they played well the second half against Chicago, thought that that would carry into the game against the 49ers, who were really banged up. I still can't believe how badly they got outplayed on both sides of, uh, of the field. It, just, it was a disgrace. D-Man, I mean, were you mad at us at the time? Because we, we definitely talked you out of making the right pick. I, I was I was torn on who to, who who I was going to pick. Um, I, I'm obviously normally I think the 49ers in a heartbeat, but because they had so many injuries, and the Giants had played pretty hard in the first two games and were competitive, I thought they could steal this game. You know, it's not easy to play two games on the west on the East Coast if you're unless those two East Coast games are the Jets and the Giants. Apparently, that is correct. Right. Okay, yeah. so I. This right, weekend we'll, was, a, was a disaster. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it more. Um, we did all call the Jet game correctly, kind of close on the score. So for the season, the only game we've gotten wrong was that Giants 49ers game. Definitely a big miss. But, you know, we are 5-1 and one in Jet-Giant games, and that's not terrible. So we, let's not kill us. We definitely were fooled by the 49er injuries, in my case. Uh, so we'll see what happens. To set the plate for tonight's episode, we will review the Giants and Jets three week three matchups as gut-wrenchingly embarrassing as they were. We will look ahead to their week four ma- matchups. I think at this point we have to set real expectations for our listeners on both teams. We will have the latest in the Leonard Williams versus Quinn Williams contest. We will reveal the week three winner of the D-Man Big Blue Challenge. And in a new thing, we will uh, reveal where the Giants and Jets stand in the race for the number one pick. And then a D-man will lead us through the top five games. So we'll start with the 49ers and Giants. And, and as bad as this game was, I felt the, the game turned on this play. First drive. Fake to go up and pitch. Fumble out of the play. It's loose. It looks like the 49ers have it. And they do. So the first time Jason Garrett goes to his book to get a little trickery, the ball is mishandled by Ingram and the 49ers. Evan Engram continues to kill. It was only 3 nothing at the time, and there's no reason why. He did not catch that pitch. And when I was watching game tape, I think he may have scored on that play. So, anyway, there, there are no words for the Giants-49ers game. Despite playing on the East Coast for their second week in a row, playing without 50% of their starters, and then some other guys actually went down. They were missing their quarterback, their running back, tight end, or wide receivers, and they still beat the Giants 36-9. Again, that Evan Engram play at 3 nothing was a bit of a game-turner for me. Uh, I think if they scored, maybe the game was a little bit differently. But Engram, Eric, and we've talked about him a lot, this guy is a coach killer. Yeah, he's been the biggest disappointment. And at this point, you can call him a bust. You know, the one thing that I'll say about that fumble is that if you watch closely, Jones was bumped into by Caden Smith when he tried to pitch the ball. And that's what sort of pitch wasn't exactly – far from perfect, but I don't see why they're pitching to Ingram anyhow. He's not well, breaking many tackles. They were trying to show a little creativity, I guess. I mean, we can't kill them for that. I mean, we could be they could be like Adam Gase and do what Jet what Seth always says, run on first down, run on second down, and do a third down, down and out, and then punt. Right, but if, you, if, so, I mean, if, I if get, you're going to do a pitch like that, don't you do it to one of your speedsters as opposed to your tight end? To one of the receivers. Yeah. Well, I, think, I think that's part of the problem with the Giants is Engram is faster than all the receivers except for Darius <laughs> Slayton. Well, what does that tell you? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the Giants played terribly. I mean, that play was just one play. They played terribly on both sides of the ball. I expected the struggles on offense with Barkley and Shepard and an offensive line that is offensive. 
However, the defense didn't show up. The 49ers back, the Giants made the 49ers back of quarterback Nick Mullins look like Joe Montana. Third string tight end Ross Dwelly was right, running wide open. I, I never even heard of the guy. And rookie wide receiver Brandon Ayuk looked like Jerry Rice. And Ayuk wasn't even running against Corey Ballantyne as Ballantyne was benched in favor of uh, Bronco reject Isaac Yidham. Um, I'd love to take some credit for that. The defense gave up 436 total yards to this 49-year team that was missing most of its best players. The lone bright spots on defense were Julian Love, who had 10 tackles, but how many did he miss? And, and Blake Martinez had nine tackles and one sack. Now, Leonard Williams added a sack. The only good that sack does is in our bet on the Leonard Williams, Quinn and Williams thing. What was even more concerning to me is the defense looked unprepared and a step slow, and there was zero pass rush. D-Man, I want your thoughts on the defense. Well, the defense was as bad as the presidential debate last night. <laughs> um, I mean, I got a number of things to talk about. Number one, you mentioned it before. The pass rush was horrendous as usual outside of a couple sacks. They barely got pressure on the quarterback. They missed multiple tackles. Uh, Kyle Fackrell and Logan Ryan missed a couple tackles, especially I think it was a, a second and 13 play where they missed a tackle on uh, Wetley who's their third tight end, I might add. And he got a first down on it. Holmes also missed tackles. I, there were a lot of missed tackles in this game. Seth, you saw this game. What were your thoughts? Uh, well, this this is the defense that we were expecting from the beginning of the year, right? So it's like I, you sound almost surprised that they broke down this way. And I guess it's only because it was against a bunch of backups. But um, we had been yeah. prepared for yeah. a poor defensive showing by the Giants. It's really the offense that I think was – more disappointingly surprising. But defensively, you know, they struggled. You know, 49ers have a lot of motion. They seem so confused. They had no clue. They cannot um, – the, they can't see the screens coming. These screens were a joke. They were. They, they scored untouched. I remember one play, Martinez got blocked really badly, and there was no one within 10 yards of them. Yeah. I, mean, yeah, I mean, Mullins looked like Joe Montana. Yeah, I mean that—that's my issue. I mean, you—you—you. This was, yeah, and 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 Seth, I agree. I, I, I mean, the defense didn't play terrible against the Bears. I mean, you know, again, you know, you get you get props for the Mitch Trubisky benching. For Thank sure. you. Um, um, I, I, I want a segment do. on that, by the way. But go ahead. We will. We, you do okay. deserve a segment okay. on that. You definitely do. <laughs> I, I, when, when when that happened, I, I definitely was like, man, that was a, a very good call. But I mean, the defense. Yeah, I guess I was fooled a little bit by. I mean, to D-Man's point, these guys were running around. Ross Dwelly was running around wide open. This guy's the third string tight end. Brandon Ayuk is their fourth wide receiver. I, it, was, it was just crazy, and it, and it's not like the offense was any better. The Giants' offense, which we did think was going to be better this season, committed three more turnovers. They only rushed for sixty-six yards, and forty-nine of those yards were by Daniel Jones. I mean. Before, you know, and speaking of Jones, it's now time to set off the alarms of concern because my famous eye test now indicates he's regressing and not progressing. He has six turnovers in three games and is doing nothing down the field, which to me is because Joe Judge doesn't trust his arm strength, which is something I did bring up about him. Devontae Freeman was a non-factor. And again, even more concerning is Andrew Thomas graded out not only as the weakest offensive lineman on the Giants this week, but the weakest offensive lineman in all of football this week. <laughs> by pro, you know, depending on how serious you want to take pro football focus, but NBC uses them, so there's something to it. D man, what were your thoughts on the offense? I thought it was offensive. It was, it was pathetic to put it mildly. Um, first, first things first, and going back to defense real quick, the 49ers didn't punt the ball one time. The time of possession was basically 40 minutes to 20 minutes, 420 yards to 231. The offense couldn't get any first downs, and the defense couldn't stop them, and there's your disaster. Offensively, you mentioned it before. They don't throw the ball down the field. They only completed two passes for more than 20 yards, and both of them occurred on the meaningless drive at the very end. And the last one was Sleeton fumbling the ball. I don't know if it's—I don't think it's arm strength. I don't think they have the people either not getting open. Uh, they don't have the speed. But you know, throwing five yard outs is getting nowhere. They need to throw the ball down the field to have any chance. They can't run the ball. And the biggest sign how bad the offense is. It was that fourth down play, I think it was early fourth quarter, when Jones, the offensive line got pushed back into Jones. I mean, you <laughs> saw them all get pushed back. Jones, I thought he actually wiggled his way to the first down. Tough spot. But the offensive line, I mean, that was 
That's been them all year. They get pushed back. They're physically weaker than every other defensive line that they're playing. I mean, they well, are, the lack Joe, of talent is, is blowing me away. Joe Judge has promised changes on the offensive line. If you watch the game quite closely, uh, Andrew Thomas was benched for Matt Pert, and Will Hernandez was benched for Claude, for uh, it's not Claude Lemieux, it's uh, Shane Lemieux. <coughs> Claude Lemieux is a hockey player. Shane Lemieux. So he basically just benched the two blue chip offensive lines that Dave Gettleman online and that Dave Gettleman uh, uh, drafted. So before we get into that, the Giants, you know, so, so maybe there'll be some offensive line changes. I'm not sure what that'll accomplish. The Giants are a team that lacks talent. It's as simple as that. And again, I, you know, not to be a broken record, but I am going to take credit for this because I have been saying it all along since we st- It's really the inspiration for why we're doing this. <laughs> it all falls at the feet of Dave Gettleman. I mean, there's two guys in New York football, Dave Gettleman and Adam Gase. I'll let Seth talk about Adam Gase later. I'm going to talk about Dave Gettleman. The Giants do indeed go 0-16 or 1-15 and beat out the Jets for the first pick in the draft. A lot of the Giant fans that I've talked to, including like a guy like a Jay Schwartz on Big Blue Saloon, his fear is that Gettleman will still be making the choice and won't take Lawrence because he wants to defend his Daniel Jones pick. It, you know, it's almost time for the NFL to start. You know, they, they, they intervene on the Giants back in the late 70s, early 80s, to put George Young in there. Gettleman has got to be out of his job. Are you you suggesting, Pete, I just want to make sure I understand you, that if the Giants do not fire Gettleman, that the NFL should intervene on behalf of the Giant fans and have Gettleman fired? Is that what you're suggesting? I am suggesting if Gettleman is not fired, it means that John Mara is completely overwhelmed in the the spot of ownership. And, And just like what his father Wellington was, Pete Rizal intervened and forced them to hire George Young. So, so that is what you're and, suggesting. No, I am. If, if Dave Gettleman is not fired after this year, if the, even if they're two and fourteen, right. yes, I, I would. I think the NFL needs to intervene. Absolutely, and I think the NFL needs to intervene for both teams. I mean, this is just pathetic oh, already. Boy. Well, listen, I don't want to get into the whole legalities of it, right? This is not a legal show, but I don't think that that's going to be sustainable. I mean, being a bad GM does not warrant the league intervening. Well, listen, I mean, I'm not saying, hey, we're intervening like in a public matter. I mean, <laughs> Even behind when, the when, scenes. Behind the scenes. I'm saying but when the Giants were so bad in the late 80s, or I mean the late 70s, early 80s, well, Pete Rozelle intervened. Uh, uh, David Stern intervened for the Knicks back in, 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 in with Donnie Walsh. I mean, I'm just saying there, it is not unprecedented, and, and no league is benefits from the New York teams being pathetic. I mean, ratings are down in the NFL. There's a lot of things going on. There's a new TV contract coming out. The Giants and Jets battling for 0-16 and talking about the draft on September 30th is not good for the league. I understand, but someone's got to be at the bottom of the pile. I'm sorry that you're joining us, the Jets, at the bottom of the pile, but just because you're poorly run doesn't mean the league's going to intervene. The Maras are going to have to make this decision on their own. They're going to have to make that determination. Now, if they were the Jets, they would let him run the draft and then fire him. So at least you probably don't have to worry about that. Um, there's no way Gettleman's going to be there to make yeah. the, the draft well, picks. There's no way. He'll be fired within a week of the season ending, if not sooner. There's I, no I hope for your sake that that's right. But you never know. I, I might I, I might jump off the George Washington Bridge if he's right, not well, fired. Will we still do the podcast? <laughs> or is the podcast off if you do that? You, 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 may, have, you may have to replace me. I, I, I mean, I'm not about maybe, – maybe I'll jump off the top of the Ramapo Reservation, but not – but something <laughs> – but for I, – I, I will for be better, for, wait, hold on. Anyways, for better or for worse, though, the Maras are very loyal. They don't like get rid of their people yeah. willy nilly. Like he's and Gettleman has not been around that no. long, so he's, yeah, he's, Mara's he's, not a moron. Now he he is a moron. He, there's no way Mara could sit through an 0 16 season or two and fourteen and not fire Gettleman. He, there's he no way mor- he he is a moron. He proved it last year when he fired Shermer but kept Gettleman. Let Gettleman hire Judge. Now he's going to get rid of Gettleman, so you're going to get a new GM here who's not going to want Joe Judge as the right. coach. So, I mean, so you're going to let the I, new GM hire a new coach as well? I, I don't know, but if I'm a new GM, I'm not taking a job where I can't hire my own coach. I mean, what are they going to hire? Somebody in New England that knows Gettleman? Joe Judge, maybe. I mean, that, that might a be mess. a solution. But Look, you know, whoever, whoever they do hire for Gettleman, obviously they're going to have to have the power to, to choose to coach day one. And, yeah, Judge, may only, Judge would probably be fired after Gettleman. You're right. Unless Judge somehow – Show something to keep to, you know, get the Giants better for this year, but I don't see it. Anyways, we'll, we'll have plenty of time to discuss this, but Seth should intervene on the Jets' behalf. Take a listen to this clip. Ready? Five and a second. Five and a second. Five and a second. 
That was the first of two impressive pick six. Yeah. The Giants have excellent company this season in the Trevor Lawrence sweet space, sweepstakes as the Jets actually performed a little worse than we expected, dropping a 36-7 to game to the Indianapolis Colts. After the game, even the greatest Sam Darnold apologist, Seth Kaplan, have to start <laughs> scratching their head as well. The Jets had very little chance in this game. Darnold threw three more interceptions, two of them which were pick six. Those who own the Colts' defense and fantasy got a really nice gift. Darnold did have one nice <clears throat> moment where he showed his talent on a TD pass to Braxton Berrios. Berrios should be considered a lone bright spot with four catches for 64 yards. Did amass 109 yards, led by the ageless Frank Gore's 57 yards. A terrible note in this game, though, was the injury to Mikkel Becton, who does continue to impress in the offensive line. Seth, your thoughts on the Jets' offense in this game? Predictability, predictability, predictability. I watch a game. I see the line. I see the formation. I see that they're running up the middle before they do. It, it just drives me crazy. When you have a lack of talent that the Jets do, the least you got to do is be creative. Keep the defense thinking a little bit. Don't, don't make it obvious what you're doing. Now, I, you know, you watch the Monday night game. You watch Andy Reid on his offense. Now, obviously, I'm not saying the Jets have the Chiefs' talent. They don't. But you just see the creativity in the play calling and that the defense doesn't really know where they're going with the ball, I, I'd, I'd like to see a little bit of that. Even if we're not successful, let's at least try, at least try to fool the defense. You get the sense watching the Jet game that the defense knows what the offense is doing every single time out. Um, and, and I, you know, I am the ultimate Sam Donald apologist, and I think, like I've said before, a couple things could be true at once. He could be making some bad throws, and he could have no opportunity for success. When you have a predictable offense, terrible coach, new offensive line, a lack of weapons. I just don't see how any quarterback could succeed. And it's very sad. Now, Seth, I do have a question for you. Did the yeah. Jets' defense even show up for this game? They did not have a sack or force a turnover. Pretty brutal performance. I guess, guess if there's something to hang their hat on, it was holding Jonathan Taylor to 59 yards. No, it, no there was nothing to hang our hat on because the fact of the matter is Phillip Rivers could go back and pass at well. It was like playing – Two-hand touch in the backyard. I mean, there was no, absolutely no pressure on him. There was no coverage in the defense. I mean, he was thrown to whoever he wanted to, whenever he wanted to. I don't understand why the Colts would have run at all. Phillip Rivers just sit back there and do whatever he wanted. I, I think we both felt a little bit more prepared for this game because we did know who Mo Alley Cox was now, thanks <laughs> to the D-man, who did have, three, <laughs> did have three, three catches for 50 yards. And he was running amok all over the place myself. Uh, you know, the D-man did reference him like he was Tony Gonzalez. But Mo Ali cox I, you know, I, did, I was like, wow, that is Mo Ali cox over there. But, but when, whether it's... <laughs> he had one big catch, you know, that 42-yard, uh, about a 40-yard And when they have these and catch run. and runs, when you see, it's funny, when you see the play, you, when they catch the ball, there is not a soul near them. I, I don't know what defense they're <laughs> No, we, we, we know it because the same thing happened with that guy, Jelly, who was running all over the place. For the 49ers. It's one thing if you can run past the coverage, right, and you're faster. Okay, fine. But, like, when you see they catch the ball and there's literally no defense in the screenshot on the TV, you have to wonder what defense is going on. And, you know, last year, as tough as a year it was, Greg Williams' defense was pretty good. And now it has just fallen apart. And it's not because of Jamal Adams. It's, you know, I, that I'm not convinced of that. It's just – the effort's not there, the scheme is not there, then the pass rush is not there. After this game now, rumors are now flying that Adam Gase will be fired after Thursday night's game if the Broncos lose. We shall see. I'm not usually in favor of in-season firings, but I think this <clears throat> firing could ignite the fan base a little bit. Seth, D-Man, your thoughts? Start with Seth. Well, that's not going to ignite the, the fan base. It may. I think it'll ignite the fan base. You'll it'll, be ignited. It'll pacify them to some extent, but we're not going to be all pumped that now we're going to have a successful season. Here, here's a couple, of th a couple of thoughts on this. First, I never – and you hear this all the time. I never understood the, you know, he's gone if they lose to the Broncos. If you're at the point where the only thing that's going to get you confidence is beating another winless team four games into the season, then you don't have any confidence at all. His, his job should not be based on whether it beats the winless Broncos. If you feel that way, then just fire him now. What, what's the point? I, I never understood that. So he beats the Broncos and then they lose another five in a row. Does he – 
keep his job because he beat the Broncos. I, I, I never understood that philosophy. So if you're thinking that, if that's truly where the owners are, they should just rip off the Band-Aid and fire him now. But D-Man? Yeah, let me just say this about the Jets. Um, I actually spent my young Kapoor toning for sins by watching the Giants and Jet game again. Um, Sorry. So I think I did that as far as toning for my sins. (laughs) Now, in the Jet game, actually, Darnold at times looked really good because he's very mobile. He's breaking some tackles, making some plays, a good drive after the initial uh, pick six. But obviously the turning point was – you know, 17-7 late first half and that horrific interception in the end zone that just ruined the game. And then the ice cream, um, you know, on top was that last pick six. I'd be very concerned about Darnold. His decision-making is very poor. You know, the defense wasn't horrible, but again, they don't get any turnovers. Sacks. Um, and as far as, you know, Gase, I, I do think if they lose to Denver – uh, the, you know, he's going to be fired. And plus there's rumors that who's the player that Boomer Esiason thought uh, missed a tackle on purpose. Did you hear about that? Yeah. Ah, shoot. I forget well, who that, it was. It, it, why don't but, you go back into your archives and that's find a hell, that hell of an indictment though. Missed a tackle. Yeah. I mean, there's one thing, a lack of effort, which you see sometimes. But... I mean, Marcus Mays might be the only guy who, who would have the pedigree that anyone would actually care. Right. I, what I want to know is, do you think Gase, I, I, I'm curious to your, your two thoughts. Do you think Gates is enjoying life? Do you think he even wants this job? Like, why not just say, let's just agree this is a bad idea. I mean, he's terrible at the job. The team stinks. The players are calling out for bad practices. Everybody in town wants you fired. I wonder if he goes in thinking, today's the day I'm going to turn things around. Or does he say, you know what, let's just call it quits. I, I would... He's got to right. think he's it's got... over. He, he's got to think, I don't know how much it's he over. No There's chance. no chance. Just, I mean, it's right. only going to get worse. I, I put Gates in the same category as Gettleman. These guys are arrogant, condescending, and he always think they're right. And Gates is the same way. I mean, if you listen to him speak, he can rationalize almost anything. It's the same with Gettleman. Gettleman can rationalize. He can rationalize drafting DeAndre Baker, and it's not his fault that the guy had a lot of red flags. I mean, he can, he can, he can talk about Leonard Williams. It's like Gates. He can talk about alienating uh, Jamal Adams. He talks about alienating Le'Veon Bell. Uh, you know, th- these guys, they, they, they're so arrogant. They're so condescending. And that's probably part of the reason they don't succeed. And and I don't think I think Gates is going in every week thinking, no, I, I know what I'm doing. Uh, it's not my fault. It's the players. They don't have the, I don't have the right players. I think I think I think that's the way he's thinking. I got to be honest. You are so right. And it's not he doesn't even try to hide it. You know, most coaches in that spot, they get in front of the mic, in front of the press, and they say, look, everything stops with me. It's my fault. We have to play better as a team. Gates doesn't do that. Gates is like, yeah, you know, I talked to Sam. I bet you know I'm talking to Sam. Sam does want to play better. Sam probably wishes he had better throws. It's never me as the coach taking any accountability. So that makes a bad situation worse. So I, it, it just makes us all want to fire him that much more. Well, let's move ahead now and look at week four. And uh, we'll start with the Jets since they play on Thursday night. I'm sure the NFL network is thrilled with this matchup of the 0-3 Broncos and the 0-3 Big Jets. Big ratings. Big I heard, ratings. I heard, I heard Joe, Buck, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman wanted to uh, enact – their COVID-19 uh, day off, so they didn't have to announce this game, but I don't think it worked. But So uh, this is the biggest game of the year to date for the Jets and a must-lose situation for the sake of getting rid of Gase and gaining some traction in the race for the number one pick. Unfortunately, the Broncos are not making it easy this week because they are marred by injury, missing the majority of the good players like Von Miller, Cortland Sutton, Drew Locke, and Philip Lindsay. In sports, we play, players play to win, not to lose. So the Jets have a golden opportunity in this game. Seth, your thoughts? Or I, I, you know, man, I'll give my prediction first. We don't want Diamond giving it for, first because then he'll change it. <laughs> so, anyway, so my thoughts in this game. The Broncos are starting their third-string quarterback, Brett Ripien. I wonder if he has any relation to Mark. I looked Ripien. it up. It's, it's ahead his of nephew. Dred- he's the nephew. He's, he, he's, he's nephew. nephew of Mark Ripien. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, again, in this game, I feel like the Jets have to really focus on stopping three players, and, and, and one of them is Melvin Gordon. I mean, if, if I hear Melvin Gordon has an 80-yard touchdown run on the first play of the game, you know, Greg Williams should be out the door right with Adam Gase. In the passing game, if Ripon can throw it all, and I don't know much about him, the Jets need to keep an eye on Noah Fant and Jerry Judy. But the Jets' defense in this game should be able to hold the Broncos down and give Sam Darnold a shot to lead the team to uh, victory a little bit. On defense – the Broncos are really banged up. The only player of note that they have is Bradley Chubb. 
Chubb is a player that I had targeted for the Giants if they had traded down for the Barkley pick. So, I mean, this is a golden opportunity for Darnold and company to change the narrative. It's unclear, but that, but doubtful that he gets Jameson Crowder or Brashard Perriman back for this game. But he needs to get Chris Herndon more involved. The Jets' running game should have success. Could this possibly be a breakout game for Neil Morris's guy with Michael Perrine? Could be a time to use him. A serious secret weapon for the Broncos this game will actually be kicker Brandon McManus. He could be the difference in the game. Now, this is a real tough one to predict, and I'm going to, because the Jets have not been competitive in any of their three games. The Broncos are all banged up, but so are the 49ers. Um, but the 40, the Broncos are not the 49ers. And I got to be honest, the 0-0 tie in this game is not out of the realm of possibility. But I'm going to take it in the chin, and I'm going to go with the Jets. I really believe they're going to win this game for a lot of reasons. Some of them have nothing to do with football. They're just karma. And I think they win this game 13 to nine. (laughs) All right. Well, you got two historically bad 0-3 teams going at it in a short week, both banged up tremendously. They both have huge injured lists. And I don't think it's a coincidence that as the losses pile up, so do the players unwilling to play due to injury. So that's not a surprise that they both have it. To me, conventional wisdom says that you pick the Jets because at least they're playing their starting quarterback, not their third-string quarterback. You'd think all of the things being relatively equal, that would give the Jets an edge. And historically, this is also the game the Jets would win, which would take them out of the running for uh, the number one pick. And this is like the typical like worthless win that they would get. However, all that being said, I've seen absolutely nothing in the first three weeks that would give me any indication that the Jets have any ability to beat anybody, so I can't pick them here. Uh, it just won't be as bad of a blowout as we've seen before. So I'm taking the Broncos 20 to 13. Uh, we, we've been joined early by the uh, week three winner and, a, and a, one of my favorite Jet fans. Week three winner of the D-Man Big Blue Saloon Pick'em Contest. And before we allowed Diamond to pick, because again, he cheats off of us. <laughs> and he'll definitely, cheat, he'll definitely cheat off Matt. So, uh, Matt. Why don't you give your, us your prediction? Welcome Matt to the show. Thanks for having me, Petey. <laughs> how you doing, man? Doing all right. How are you? Welcome to the Good. show. Wait, now, wait am, I re- am I really early? I got the 915 text. I thought I was a couple minutes late after I uh, went back to grab myself a cocktail. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. We were a little stalled. Now, the good news for you is you don't have a hard act to follow. Week one winner, Paul Greenberg. I had to cut him off after 30 seconds. Week two winner, Neil Mars, had some kind of noise. Joni was in the background baking or doing something. So you have a chance to really here to set the, set the bar now. So we're in the middle, and you're, you're right on time, actually. We were, we're talking about the Jets game against the Broncos. I picked the Jets, believe it or not, 13-9. Seth just picked the Broncos. We make the D-man go last now because he changes his mind a lot. Matt, what are your thoughts on Jets-Broncos this week? Uh, boy, you know, it's not the most exciting game to watch for sure. I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I think I like the Jets to actually win this game. Finally, it would be, uh, it would be nice for a New York team to actually win one of these football games this season. And, and maybe a Thursday night surprise is in the offing. We'll have to, uh, certainly have to see, but, uh, I think we give the, uh, the quarterback edge to the Jets and, uh, and, and, and we see what happens from there. Okay, you realize now you, this has to be your pick because I will go into the website to make sure that you stick to this. <laughs> what do you think? He's, he's going to pick it. a D-man switch? He's not going to do that. <laughs> Matt, Matt, Matty Ice, is, Matty will go back and run the numbers. He might change yeah. his mind. Anyways, D-man, uh, you're up. Uh, so far, Matt and I have taken the, uh, taken the, uh, the Jet and the Broncos. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, game? and D-man, before you pick, uh, we just got it through the wire. Sam Darnold is playing. So, okay. <laughs> And Drew Locke is not playing. <laughs> well, this is a tough game to pick because both teams are pretty bad. I cannot imagine that an undrafted third-string quarterback, I don't care who his uncle is, <laughs> coming up you know, on a short week, you know, flying you know, across the country, is going to be able to play well enough to win even against a horrific Jets team. I do think it'll be a little scoring. As I said, I thought the Jets did some good things last week, but Darnold ruined it with his three interceptions. If he could stop turning the ball over, I think the Jets will win. 
Um, I think the only thing that could hurt the Jets, Broncos only ran the ball 14 times last week against Tampa because they fell behind so badly. So I think they really want to run the ball more with Gordon you, to win it. Final score, Jets 13. Did you just say that Broncos the 10. only thing that could hurt the Jets is the running attack? It's if Gordon has a great day. I think if Gordon runs really well, right. I think that's but how there's that many things win. that could hurt the Jets. That, that would. But if uh, again, if an undrafted third string quarterback, you know, plays like Mullins did last week, I mean, then the Jets okay. won't win a game sure for another five Jets, years. That's but. what you're gonna put in the website. We're all set here. We don't need to go on on this. Okay. Yes. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Pete's now pissed at your pick stand. Mo- moving on. Matt, please stick with us. I enjoyed your uh, – I want to hear your thoughts on the rest of the games that we discussed. Since you, you actually have already been better than Paul or Neil. So now we're doing the Giants and the Rams. The Giants traveled to the new SoFi Stadium. I think that's the name of it this week to take on the Rams. In a game the Ram players are really looking forward to to build up their stacks. If the Giants struggle to stop Nick Mullins, Ross Dwelly, and Brandon Ayuk, how are they ever stopping Jared Goff, Tyler Higby, Cooper Cup, and Robert Woods? On offense, the Giants cannot move the ball against a group of backups. How can we expect them to move the ball against Aaron Donald? Aaron Donald can beat the entire Giants offensive line by himself. Jalen Ramsey will be able to cover all the receivers by himself, and the rest of the Ram players can just hang out. Uh, this says the makings of a very ugly offensive game for the Giants. At this point, you want to see some positive players from Daniel Jones. Or somebody else besides kicker Grand Gano. Prediction, I don't need to go into any more analysis on this game. Rams 37, Giants 10. The Giants will be lucky to score in this game. This is going to be a game that are fur- that are going to go further for the calls of Dave- dismissal of Dave Gettleman. The difference in talent between these two teams is dramatic. Uh, Seth, what are your thoughts on Giants-Rams? I've been fooled the last couple of weeks into thinking the Giants were going to pull it off. Uh, fool me twice, shame on me. I go Rams 35-13. Matt, Rams Giants. Uh, yeah, I would I would concur. I well, I want to pull for both New York teams. I have a hard time believing that the Giants have any chance of hanging with the uh, with the Rams in that one. Uh, in terms of total score, I'll leave that to you guys. But I'm I'm going to go with the Rams in that one. All right, see, man. Are you picking the Giants? You know, actually. Actually, I'm not picking the Giants, but I do think they're going to play hard and play well in the first half and keep the game close. But because they just have a lack of playmakers on both sides of the ball, the Rams going to wear them down in the second half like every other team has because the Giants can't get many first downs. I think, you know, um, Donald's going to probably get at least four sacks. My final score is Rams okay. 31, you, Giants You were very 10. dramatic there saying that you didn't agree with us. <laughs> and your score is right there with the three of us, two of us. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a flair for the drama. No, I think they're going to – I think the Giants, again, are going to fall apart in okay. the second half. Their score indicates they'll fall, fall apart in the first half, but that's okay. <laughs> no, I think it honestly – I could see it being 17-10 and a half, and then the Rams just, you know – Okay, so all four of us have now gone against the Giants, and I will be checking the website to make sure that is what goes on here. Uh, So, D-Man, before we get to the uh, Quinn and Williams, Leonard Williams contest, we don't waste any more of Matt's valuable time. We can let him get back to the family and some cocktails. Matt and I have some interest tonight in the Lakers game, right, Matt? Uh, Yeah, I I think uh, Lakers laying four and a half. I think that's a good one, but We'll see what happens. So, so now the D-man is going to pick out the five best games of the week. So why don't you join us? We don't spend much time on them. We just give our pick, and, and then we expect these picks to be on the website. This, this is the better prize than the 70 bucks that you got that I Venmo'd you, the chance to pick on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this week doesn't have that many well, don't, great don't games do, like don't last Pittsburgh, week. Tennessee, um, that one looks like it's going to get canceled. Postponed. Then Monday Sorry. or Tuesday. Well, now, isn't that considered well, Monday, this week, obviously though? Obviously, would be. And I would like to. No, because on my fantasy roster, it, is, it basically says they have a it buy does? now. Yeah. Mine too. Right. That's another con- yeah. That's a controversy outside the scope I'm of whole... this podcast. Yeah. We, 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 yeah. We, had, we did our. I gave away all my fantasy. I got Schuster as my receiver. Eric now has like the most points ever he ever had. So let's, 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 let's move on. Just pick the games. <laughs> All right, first game uh, that's interesting, uh, the Browns at Dallas. Nick Chubb ran for 108 yards and two touchdowns. Mayfield threw two touchdowns to beat Washington, who are 
Cleveland's over uh, 500 for the first time since 2014. Prescott threw for 472 yards and three touchdowns, but threw a key interception late in the loss to Seattle, 38-31. Elliott only ran for 35 yards against Seattle, and the D- Dallas defense is so bad, it makes the Giants and Jets defense look good. So, uh, Pete, who do you like? Just because. I just think they're going to win. Uh, I say Dallas as well. Prescott over Baker. Matt? Uh, you know, I don't remember what I locked in on my picks uh, now that I'm thinking about it. So I don't know if I can hold you to that. I, uh, uh, my boys like Dallas. For some reason, whenever I pick Dallas, they never seem to win. So I'm actually going to go and, and think that Cleveland and the, and the two-headed backfield might be able to pull that one off with some momentum. All right. Pete, you got to check on Matt's picks. I want, I, want it, I want to take the Browns in this because I think the running game is really good, and I do think that uh, Beckham will make one good play in the game. But the Dallas offense is so good. I think they will. I'm more interested in who play. Matt's boys are. Next, <laughs> Just, think, Justin and James. Well, they're both I thought, I thought you had fans. some boys that had some inside information <laughs> or something. No. <laughs> my, my actual yeah. boys. <laughs> you know, you know me. I, I have to be very specific. Anyways, next game. <laughs> All right, next game, uh, the Saints at the Lions. Drew Brees threw for 288 yards and three touchdowns, and Alvin Kamara had a combined total of 194 yards and two touchdowns, but it was not enough to beat the Packers. Detroit knocked me out of the suicide pool by beating Arizona in a surprise win. Matt Stafford threw for 270 yards and two touchdowns, but it was defense that won it by intercepting Kyle Murray three times and a 27-23 come from behind victory. Give me the Saints. I can't see them losing to the Lions. I like the Saints, too. Michael he, Thomas will be back. Uh, they did not play that badly last week. I, I like the Saints. I, I, I'm also on board with the Saints. I think if Thomas does actually dress for them, uh, that improves their offense a lot, and I think they should be able to handle Detroit pretty handily. I think this game will be close, but I do think the Saints will pull it off at the end. Next game, Patriots at the Chiefs. The Patriots D came up big in stopping the Raiders with three fumbles, including recovering one in the end zone on a sack of Derek Carr. They also ran for 250 yards. Patrick Mahomes showed Lamar Jackson and Ravens that he's the best quarterback in the league and that Chiefs are the best team in the league with a 34-28 win. The Chiefs defense was also strong, holding Lamar Jackson to 97 yards passing, and Baltimore had 517 yards compared to 228 for Baltimore. Total domination. So as we've talked about before, I think the Patriots are headed for a good year. Uh, I think they're definitely getting their feet under them with Cam. But, boy, watching the Chiefs, I can't see any circumstance picking against them this year. Um, And I certainly don't see it in this game. So I'm taking the the Chiefs. Chiefs. Chiefs are the best team in the NFL. Uh, They they dismantled the Ravens last week. uh, you know, Matt was right on that. That's the reason he won the pool. Uh, you know, I used to say if I could come back as one guy, it would be Tom Brady or Derek Jeter. Now it's no doubt I'd want to be Patrick Mahomes. But, <laughs> Matt? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that the Chiefs should be able to handle the Patriots pretty easily, no matter what Belichick tries to scheme against them here. I think uh, – their offense is just too high, high powered, and the defense is doing the job as well. I also think the Chiefs will win this one. Uh, next game, Houston at Texans. Minnesota wasted 181 yards from Dalvin Cook and 175 yards from Justin Jefferson, and blowing a lead to Tennessee 31 30. David Johnson only ran for 23 yards and a 28 21 loss to the Steelers. Both teams are 0 3 and were thought of possible playoff teams when the season began. Will someone win this game, or will this be another tie? Uh, give me the Texans. I, I think uh, Kirk Cousins and the Vikings were overrated, uh, but Deshaun's not going 0-4. Give me the Texans. Uh, Seth, before we go on, is Kirk Cousins the next quarterback you're eyeing as a benched guy? Like, I wasn't right eyeing Trubisky. Trubisky to be benched. I just said he was awful. I think Chicago made the right move, um, and I'm still kind of pissed at Kirk Cousins the way he handled the whole free agency Jets thing, but I digress. Just give me the Texans in this game. We'll talk about Kirk another day. I, I, I agree with Seth. I like the Texans in this game. When you start um, 
on all the Houston papers are starting to name the top five candidates to replace Bill O'Brien. When that type of stuff happens, uh, the team usually responds. And I think Deshaun Watson has a big game, and I, and I, and I like the Texans. Matt? I'm going to Texans as well. I wanted to do this Titans and Steelers, but we won't be able to the Colts and the Bears. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Matt. No, no, that's all right. I thought maybe I got, uh, I got kicked off the podcast, but I didn't disconnect. I, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm going, I'm going Houston there as well. I, I even think this might be uh, okay. Will Fuller's one big game of the season where he goes for 220 and three touchdowns and he's on everyone's bench because uh, they can't stand playing him every week. If that happens, we'll have you on again next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Colts at the Bears. The Colts defense was a story last week with three interceptions to Sam Darnold, including two interception returns and a 36-7 win. The Bears were down by 15, 16 points with six and a half minutes to go and beat the Chokers, I mean the Falcons, 36-30. Big story besides the second straight Falcons choke was that Nick Foles came in the game in the second half for struggling Mitchell Trubinsky and led the comeback. Foles is also starting in week four. So we, we've seen think? this story before with Nick Foles coming in as a, as a second quarterback and going on a run. I think this is going to be the beginning of a run for Chicago. Mitch, I hope you enjoy the bench. Give me the Bears. I didn't hear who are the Bears playing this week. Colts, Colts. I like the Bears too. Uh, you know the Colts. Uh, can't you can't you can't uh, upgrade the Colts based on being the Jets? Uh, I think Philip Rivers will struggle against the Bears' defense, and and like Seth said, Nick Foles can go on these runs. I mean, I, you, you definitely uptick Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, Jimmy Graham, and the rest of their receivers from uh, Mitchell Trubisky. I like I like the Bears. I, I, like I said, when everyone downplayed the Bears, they're, they're two, one year removed from 12 and four. So Bears are a good team. Matt? Yeah, you know, once again, I do not recall what I locked in with my picks here. But now that I'm thinking about this more, I, I like the Colts and Jonathan Taylor in the running game and, and the ability to, to run the ball against the Bears. I, I, I do see Nick Foles, the, the magic that he's had in the past and could bring to the Bears. But for some reason, I'm thinking the Colts end up pulling this one off. I'm picking the Bears. I think their defense, um, I think it'll be a close game, but I think their defense will stop Rivers. And I've seen Rivers show so many fourth quarter interceptions. So I think it's going to be one score game. You know, the Colts will be driving and Rivers will throw an interception in the end zone or something like that. All right. So I'm going with the Bears. Uh, again, Matt, thank you for joining us. Now everyone thinks Matt Ryan is a true Matty Ice, but Matt Narlinger is a true Matty Ice. Thank you, Matty. Matt, thanks for joining us. And, <laughs> well, thank, and now you have thank, two. You have, two, you have two chances to return to this podcast next week. One, if you win the pool again, or if Will Fuller has 220 yards receiving. <laughs> nice. Well, well, I, I hope to I hope to be back on for for winning the pool again. I, uh, I'm I was still a little burned from uh from week one and AJ Brown not catching that pass in the corner of the end zone after Guskowski missed all those field goals. I would I could have won week one if they had hit the over, but. Uh, and it had to happen at like 1.45 in the morning. But uh, <laughs> hopefully I'll be back on. I appreciate you guys uh, letting me on and help me put my picks out there. And good luck to all of you as well. Thank you, Matty. All right. Thanks. I vote, I vote Matt as our best guest. Thanks, uh, Matt. Take care. Winner so yeah. far. Uh, and I didn't even know Matt picks NBA games with the spread. When did that start happening? That's a, that's a new one. Start, started today because Matt and I put some money. <laughs> okay. On, Matt and I put some money on the Lakers. I texted him because I had a strong feeling about the okay. Lakers. Okay. Very interesting. Whenever, so whenever I want to go on, whenever I want to gamble, Matt is my, uh, Matt is my Understandable. guy. So anyways, uh, thank you, Eric, for leading us through that. Now it's time. I, I, you know, we, we, we don't want to keep adding things to this, but I, I don't think we'll be doing our job as podcasters right now for the Giants and the Jets if we don't bring in a special Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes update. It's a new feature. We will give the latest on where the Giants and Jets stand in the highly contested Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. Now, this isn't as simple as you would think. There are a lot of teams that are 0-3, and strength of schedule is used as, a, as the tiebreaker. So I actually went into the NFL website. I'm on vacation this week, so I, I'm not doing my numbers to work, so I had to do something to, uh, to, 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 to take care of that urge. And I went in and I calculated this, So, hope, but hopefully in the future, the, somewhere else I can plagiarize it off of. So, guys, you'll be pretty surprised by – by this uh, top five list right now because the Jets are not number one. Um, they're not number two. They're not number three. 
They're not number four. If the season was to end today, the Jets would have the fifth pick at 0-3. So as bad as they are, they're going to need to keep losing to secure their, to their pick. Now, would they really give up on Sam Darnold so soon? That's definitely above my pay grade. And I know, Seth, I know how you feel about it. So. Well, if we end up 0-16, and again, I've always said to you, let's see how we get there. I, I, I mean, can't be good for Sam if we're 0-16. But um, I, I keep my opinion open until the end of the season. But as of now, I'm still in Sam's camp. Number four is the Minnesota Vikings. They're 0-3. And I don't think the Vikings will really be on this list that this long. I don't, I don't think they'll be uh, – a bottom feeder, but who knows? I mean, because Jacksonville's not on this list. Miami's not on the list. Carolina, Detroit, but it's Minnesota. But, you know, I think if they ended up with the first pick, I don't think uh, Seth boy, Kirk Cousins, would stop them from taking <laughs> Agreed. Uh, number three on the list is the Denver Broncos, 0-3. They got a big game versus the Jets this week. John Elway would drive to South Carolina to secure Lawrence, if so lucky. Uh, D-Man, the Giants are number two at 0-3. And we talked about this earlier on the Facebook page if, and, and in this podcast. If Gettleman is somehow still around, will they pass on Trevor because he want to prove himself right? D-Man, if the Giants end up with the number one pick, I know you've been on the Trevor Lawrence camp all along. There's no way they don't pick him. I mean, hopefully they'll get some, some picks for Jones, but there's, there's, they have to do something different. Uh, and number one right now, the team that would have the number one pick, drum roll please, would be the D-man's favorite team, the Atlantis Chokers. They're Falcons. Leader in the clubhouse at 0-3. And I and Matt Ryan is older than you think. I think he's 35, 36 years old. So they would take Trevor Lawrence too. So right now, if the season was to end, the Atlanta Falcons would be on the clock. They have, they have too much talent to, Listen, you know, we'll to be the worst team in the league. Every week, I have a feeling the Giants and Jets will, will probably remain on this list. <laughs> I think so. Although – you know, the Jets get that win this week. I'm not sure. So we'll see. Oh, boy. Yeah. Anyways, uh, as you know, we just had Matt Narlinger on. Uh, great performance by Matt. He was the winner of the D-Man Big Blue Pick'em Challenge in a very close race that came down to the Monday Night Football tiebreaker. And if you listen to Matt earlier, you know he was watching to that last second as he still has had some week one trauma from whatever that play he was talking about at 145 in the morning. Uh, as far as the non-hair shaving contest, sorry, Nicole, it is very close as the D-man and I have 32 wins year to date and Seth has 31. Very close between the three of us, guys. Uh, well, probably close throughout the year. Seth, I know you're not shaving your head. <laughs> well, but, as you long know, as you keep going at the non-hair shaving contest, we're okay. Yeah, that, it's not because I, I wouldn't do it well, either. Well, that, that sparked <laughs> several conversations in this house, so. It did in my. It did. I'm afraid to look. I'm, I'm afraid. To, I'd be afraid to look at myself. Yeah, with, that with, hair. with, with all know. due respect, scare with me. all due respect, it'd scare others. Man. And I know you've never met Seth, but you, you do not have the robust hair. <laughs> Seth, I don't have robust hair, but that's, it's nice of you to say that, though. You have more revo- robust hair than uh, the D man. <laughs> Trust me, the non hair shaving contest has had a lot of conversations in this mm-hmm. house, too. Anyways, if you're a listener, please do not forget to join the Big Blue Saloon Facebook page. We're actually now up to 105 members, and we will keep growing. We now have a special offer for the 125th person to join. That person will receive two free tickets to Seth's next community theater. Oh, is that play. right? Uh, who, yes. Who's buying yes. said tickets? Uh, yeah, okay. All right, we'll work yeah. on that. I didn't. I didn't really. I didn't realize we actually had. I actually, I forgot that we actually had to pay for those. <laughs> then what kind of prize would it be if they were all free? But go ahead. All right, anyway. <laughs> well, the, 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 gift, the gift is in watching oh, you perform. Easy. Okay. Anyways, uh, D-Man, any final thoughts? You know, I think at this point, since the first few weeks have been a disaster for both teams, can the Jets and Giants show improvements every week to, to the point where they could be competitive and actually get some wins. You know, the Giants, you know, I said it from the beginning, I was worried about their offensive line in the beginning, which has been a total disaster. Can they show some, can they improve week to week, you know, and actually, you know, make push the defensive line a little bit and get some holes for the running backs and give Jones some time to pass. Um, otherwise, every every week's just gonna be so painful. I, I can't go through this season <laughs> like this. I honestly can't. What are you gonna I, do? I don't know what I'm gonna do. 
I don't know. It's just so painful. This past weekend was so painful to watch. Seth, any final thoughts? I mean, we, we, we've we now gotten the point that everything's very painful. Yeah, well, it's for painful Irish. for me, too. It has been for every year that I've been watching it as a Jets fan. I, I, I'm trying to enjoy this week as much as we can and every week as much as we can, despite our two teams stinking. But, you know, this whole um, postponement of the Steelers-Titans game, you know, I, I could see this snowballing and – things falling apart really quickly. So it has me very nervous about the prospects of completing the NFL season. So I just want to make sure we all enjoy it as best we can while we have it. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably the only thing that could end this horrific season is, is a COVID yeah, I, outbreak. I, I mean, for me, it's, you know, when I sit there, I'm appreciative to have football to watch. Um, although tonight is the, lo- as, as somebody pointed out to me earlier, is the Love Island season finale. So that'll be ending soon. No so one needed to love. point it out to you. You knew that. <laughs> <laughs> no, somebody pointed it out to me. Uh-huh. But anyways, um, my, my final thoughts on this is, uh, is, you know, you guys make a great point. I, it, the, when I saw the Tennessee-Pittsburgh cancellation, I'm like, oh boy. I'm like, COVID is still very um, prevalent in this country. I mean. You know, the, it was sugarcoated a little bit in the debate last night. It's very prevalent in this country and it could shut the season down in a minute. But if the season continues to play, go on. I mean, at this point, I can't see either one of these two teams better than two and 14. I mean, I think 0 and 16 is a real possibility for the Giants. I actually do think the Jets are going to win this week, but I don't know if they'll win again. Um, maybe a Miami game or something. So I think, you know, for the Giants at this point, you just need to start to see some improvement in the offensive line. I mean, I don't, I, I don't think when they become a winning team, these guys that are there on defense are going to be important. I, I You know, I, and I think you want Daniel Jones to potentially build up his stock for a potential trade because, you know, you can't pass up Trevor Lawrence. I mean, it just is what it is. So at this point, you just want to be able to see him be able to come in with an improving offensive line. And you don't want to see Andrew Thomas grading out as the lowest offensive lineman in the NFL. Right. Yeah, him and Fleming were taking turns, uh, basically getting uh, blown away by defenders. It was so. It was pretty sad. Anyways, watch. we will be back next week. It's uh, closing time in the saloon. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. We will be back next week with a review of Week Four and a look ahead to Week Five. I'm Pete Storm for Eric Diamond, Seth Kaplan. Until next time. Over alcohol, so finish your whiskey, your beer.